Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know. And in today's episode, I'm going to tell you all you need to know about how to quit the quick fixes. My friend, I know exactly how tempting it can be to do something drastic or radical in an effort to lose some weight in a short period of time. But my friend, let me ask you this. How many of those challenges or quick fixes have you done and you still have the same results that you got then? I'm going to take an educated guess and maybe it's based off my own experience as well. I'm going to say most of us don't keep the results. And there's a reason why. These quick fixes and fads, they're not set up for fundamental change. They're set up so that you get rapid results very quickly. You feel satisfied for that short period of time. Then you go back to your old behaviors. You end up in the same position and then you potentially rebuy the same product or program or meal plan or juice cleanse. And so the person who's created it makes some more money. They're not designed for you to succeed long term. That's why they're not sustainable. Nobody can live off juice for five days a week long term. It is not healthy for the mind or for the body. Same with a rigorous eight-week challenge. You know, if you've ever done one of those, I know that I certainly have, where you've jumped in and you have given it your all for the full eight weeks. You become really pleased with yourself and it is a challenge because you have to rearrange most of your life and you follow the meal plan, you do all those workouts and the end of it, you feel like you're in the best shape of your life. You're really, really proud of yourself. However, they haven't actually taught you how to continue those behaviors on unless you're on the program, unless you've got the meal plan, unless you're committed to going to the gym, you know, that many days a week. And the problem with that is that often we rearrange our lifestyles so much that it just isn't possible long-term. And I don't know about you, but I actually don't know many eight-week periods in my life where I have no social occasions on. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that for maybe the mental or physical challenge or a little bit of a reset, but we also have to be realistic about those results in that either we keep doing those same protocols over and over and over again, keep spending the money, or potentially we change things. And in today's episode, I am going to teach you exactly what you need to know to let go of that quick fix and fad diet mentality, even though I know how tempting it may be. And often it's around uh, wanting to lose weight for a particular point in time, for a reason. A lot of these people have an external motivator, whether it be a wedding or a holiday or, you know, because they're starting to feel like winter is over and they're wearing less clothes and starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. They're trying on clothes that just don't fit anymore. Um, And then a lot of people think, oh my God, I've got to do something straight away. Now, the reason the people opt for these challenges and juice cleansers and short-term approaches is because they want fast results. We live in a society of instant or immediate gratification. And these quick fixes promise rapid results, which can be very, very appealing because we think, yes, I want that now. I don't want to have to sustain a prolonged period of suffering in order to get what I need. However, what this tends to do is that we delay the gratification we end up with better results. Depending on the process that you undertake to achieve something, it doesn't matter whether that is weight-focused or otherwise, uh, you tend to appreciate the journey and what you learned along the way and you may be more likely to keep the results than if you just went for the quick fix. Think about it like this. If you touch wood, but if you end up in hospital or needing medical attention, do you want the person that's done a two-week online course to be your medical professional? Or would you prefer the person that has maybe gone to uni for four years 
years, gotten a degree, maybe they've done lots and lots of placement. They're a doctor, they've done like six years of study and then plus another four years like doing practical experience. That's probably the kind of person you want to fix your situation rather than the person that just read some things off the internet. And so our quick fix diets are similar to this. You can get those really instant short-term results, but if you don't understand the process and you really don't understand how to change your fundamental behaviors, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to keep those results long-term. Now, if you think about other things in your life that you really very much value or appreciate or you know are really proud of yourself for, quite often it wasn't something that you got instantly. Now, they, there's countless stories in the media about people that have won the lottery, they ended up with all this money, then they spent it all and they end up with nothing. Or they, you know, buy the big house, they quit their job, they get the car and they're not happy because they're not being fulfilled. The journey and what they learned along the way wasn't there because it was given to them. Or maybe you knew a friend from high school that got given a very fancy car as their first car and they probably didn't care if they like smashed it up, they kept the inside dirty because they didn't value it. They didn't have to exchange anything for it. Part of the process with getting fundamental behavior change, especially when it comes around changing your body composition, is around the process that you take to get there and what you learn along the way. So when you think about, a lot of people will judge these people, but in their own right, they definitely are athletes, uh, body sculpting um, competition, or maybe a bodybuilder. They very much dedicate a lot of time and energy. It's very hard work to get that body composition that they end up with. It doesn't happen overnight. And it certainly is like a very, very long process, like six months plus of understanding and measuring and tracking and going up and getting to the gym, even when they don't want to, in order to get the result that they get at the end. It doesn't just happen. And a lot of people will pass these people off. Oh, they're just vain or they're this. That's, you know, it's not quite healthy. It's not disordered. It's a bit disordered. And, you know, for some people that may be the case, but for other people, they very much enjoy the process and putting their body under that that kind of like pressure or stress in order to achieve that kind of result. And therefore, they're going to appreciate they're usually the people that don't drink on the weekends. They're usually the people that make sure that they are hitting both their macro and micronutrients because in order to look that way, they have to have a very, very strong understanding and knowledge base of their diet. And once they tend to know that kind of stuff, they don't necessarily go back. Now, I'm not saying that that's definitely for everyone and it's certainly healthy because there are a lot of people that go into that industry that may come out with, you know, different issues issues because sometimes it can be taken too far we always want to be looking for balance and that is one of the things that I love teaching my clients about because when you go on a program or like say a challenge for example that isn't sustainable long term they're not teaching you how to have balance they're teaching you all or nothing okay you follow this protocol do it step by step and make sure that you do all of these workouts and at the end if you're the best you're going to win money they're always like motivated by something external or maybe you're like yes I'm going to do that because that's my wedding at the end of this challenge rather than thinking about things in a broader spectrum and long term now Now, there's a lot of psychology behind this kind of stuff because, yes, we live in an instant gratification society. So if you think about it, we don't really have to wait for very much. Everything we practically do is instant. We want food. It's delivered to our door. You want to buy something online. It comes within two days. We don't really have to wait or earn things. We also buy things on Afterpay, right? So... Back in the day when our parents were saving for things, they would put things on lay-by. You don't get the product until you pay it off. So there is this, if you really want the product, you have to make sure that you earn the money to pay it off. There is this trade. And that's the same sort of thing that we get 
when we undertake a program of changing our behaviors around food and fitness is that if you understand the trade of one thing to the other, then you can potentially create this really, really nice balance and you don't have to have that all or nothing mentality. Now, another reason why quick fixes seem appealing um, because you get rapid, rapid results is that we don't exercise our patient's muscle very often anymore. We don't know how to wait in lines. We don't know how to be patient for results. And we think that everything should happen instantly. So when it comes to talking about fat loss, when we understand how slow that process can be, of course, if there is a quicker way of doing it, I'm going to take it. Even if we know that means the results that we get don't last very long. It's kind of like the same concept, I guess, of, you know, when you do dress hire. If you hire a dress and you absolutely love it and you wear it, then you have to return it and give it back. You don't get to experience that same feeling. But if you were to go, okay, I really love that dress. I understand that it's going to cost me this much, which means I either have to sacrifice some time to earn money to go and buy it, or maybe I have to go without some other luxury items in order to afford said dress. When you get it, you're going to very much value that dress every single time you wear it because there was an exchange for it. It was hard work. You understood what it took for you to get it. So when it comes to this journey, the process is so very very important. Now, another reason why quick fixes say like juice cleansers and things like that, they don't work is because they don't give you a lot of information. There's a lack of information, a lack of education. So some people probably fully don't understand the science of sustainable weight management and the importance of gradual evidence-based changes in diet and physical activity. So when we jump onto say a juice cleanse, for example, and we're not having any solid food or any fiber for say a five-day period, of course, we're going to slim down weight wise because the body is going to excrete a lot of water there's also when you're weighing yourself i've spoken about this in other podcasts the number on the scale is a total weight of your body so that includes things like the food that might still be in your digestive tract water that you might be holding on to depending on whether you know you've had salt or your hormonal changes all of those kinds of things so when you're weighing yourself after doing a five-day juice cleanse a lot of what you see in the changes is actually just decreased water and bloating because you haven't actually had any food or fiber or bulk to contribute to what you're currently weighing and but because the results seem so quick we think yes that's exactly what I need to do but not eating solid food for five days is insufferable it's not very enjoyable like it's just not I I've done them before and some people will do them for a different reason some people might do them because they feel like they want to have a clean slate or maybe it's a way of detoxifying their body. If that's their sole motive, that they genuinely feel like they get more energy from doing a protocol like that every once in a while, but say over the majority of you know a two or three month period, their diet is extremely balanced, um, they're hitting both their macros and micros, then it, it's a different purpose for doing it for weight loss reasons, right? But a lot of people will do things like a juice cleanse or a detox uh, because they want to shift some weight and they want to do it quickly. Now, a lot of these things come down to the hype and market of a particular product because it can be very, very persuasive. They're often portrayed as revolutionary and effective and it can be really, really alluring to be like, oh, good, I don't have to do months of work to get that result. Oh, I'll just take a laxative tea or I just won't eat solid food for five days. That is not a normal thought process because if somebody that you really, really cared about, if one of your children, say, for example, wanted to undertake a very like strict protocol in order to get something, you'd be like, hey, hang on a second. That's not how we should do that. But when it comes to ourselves, we end up in this like level of desperation and frustration with our bodies. And it's interesting that we would happily do that for a short period of time 
instead of saying, okay, well, what behavioral changes can I make and be patient over three months in order to end up with a better result that I can keep long-term. Because if you behave in a certain way consistently and you're eating in your calorie deficit consistently, then you're more likely to adopt behaviors that you're going to do on a day-to-day basis. You're not going to adopt a behavior of only having liquids on a day-to-day basis because it's absolutely unsustainable. It doesn't make any sense for most people's lives. And I don't know about you, but it's very difficult to get a period of time in your life where you don't have any social events on for eight weeks. I was just talking about this on my Instagram. I It is, what is it? The second week of November. And I've just had two beautiful women jump on my 12-week coaching program. And a lot of people won't do something at this time of year because they think, oh, I'm going to miss out on so many things. But when you're learning to eat for life, this would actually be the best time to jump onto a sustainable protocol because what you're going to do is learn how to eat in these social situations entirely differently so that when Easter pops around, when the next birthday rolls around, when the next work drinks rolls around, you know exactly how you want to behave and what choices you want to make according to the outcome or results that you want to get. You'll understand how to factor that all in and do it in moderation rather than, oh, it's all right, I'm just going to spend the next six weeks like really fully enjoying myself, relaxing, and I'll think about that on the 1st of January. Then the 1st of January comes and everybody wants to undertake a challenge or a new protocol because they're feeling like a little bit rubbish that they didn't moderate what they were doing over a longer period of time. It's so much easier to do the other way around. The way that I eat now versus the way that I ate, you know, six, seven years ago is so much more manageable. You actually end up enjoying how good you feel when you've got the right protocol. But that all comes down to, like I said, information and education because a lot of people don't get that on a program that they go on. They just told, they tell you how to do it. They tell you how to do it so you keep going back and buying their product, you know. And so it can be very, very appealing, I understand. And also... A lot of people don't trust themselves enough. They have a fear of failure that, you know, if they're going to create this long-term behavior change, that oh, well, I haven't been able to do that before. They don't have the experience in doing it for a long period of time. And I always say confidence is a set of beliefs, um, values and experiences um, that you have in yourself, right? So it comes from making sure that you get those experiences and understand that you can do it. And if you you know, you can go, oh yeah, I can suffer for a five-day juice cleanse. That's fine. But I couldn't do five weeks of healthy eating where I slightly moderate my choices on the weekend because for some reason that feels a whole lot harder. So while quick fixes, they may offer those short-term results, they often fail to deliver long-term success. Many people will regain the weight they lost through challenges or cleanses once they return to their normal eating habits because they don't know how to change them. They don't know what was different about them. Sustainable and gradual change in behavior, like adopting a balanced diet, regular exercise, informing yourself about what your energy requirements are, are going to far outlast any quick fix. Now, I know when it comes to quick fixes, a lot of people just want to make money right? That's why they do challenges. Do my challenge, you'll end up with these rapid results. You know, like, oh, you can lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks. There used to be a um, particular challenge that was around and they would say, we guarantee that you'll lose X amount of kilos in X amount of weeks. Now to qualify to be on their program, you had to have over a certain BMI so that they knew that you would be able to do it. And the process was really, really rigorous. Now, if you did hit your goal of losing X amount of kilos in X amount of weeks, what they would do is they would say, okay, well, we will give you back half of the money you gave us or you can put it towards your next challenge that you're going to do now a lot of people were really motivated by their results now remember they were taking a rigorous training protocol and they had a meal plan to follow so they were being incentivized by money it's very very clever marketing to keep people in their system 
yes, they probably were getting some sort of results, but it was designed to make sure that they stayed in the system following that protocol. And this is where so many people get stuck on that diet merry-go-round is that they'll do something, they'll end up in like the best condition they've been in physically, but it required maybe not filling their cup up emotionally or socially. Maybe it was damaging to their mental health. So it's really, really important to find that balance. Now, the person that found a quick fix that was going to like solve all of the problems, they would be incredibly wealthy. And I feel like this might be a time that I could bring up well, very, very controversial. Uh, a lot of people are hearing about the weight. It's not actually a weight loss drug, but it's being tout- touted as a miracle weight loss drug and it's Ozempic. Okay, so a lot of people are saying that this is a miracle weight loss drug and it is definitely making a, a pharmaceutical company a whole lot of money because it does have the ability to usually suppress people's appetite, uh, delays gastric em- uh, emptying, um, it works for blood sugar control, that's why it's di- um, prescribed for diabetics um, and sometimes it can have some effects on the central nervous system. So primarily this medication should be used to treat type 2 diabetes but however they found it to be effective in promoting weight loss and this doesn't make it a miracle drug because it doesn't fundamentally change the behaviors of the person that is taking it. Okay, So if you were somebody who wasn't able to understand or control or moderate around food and you start taking a, a Zempic, it will most likely suppress your appetite. Okay, So it belongs to a class of drugs known as glucogen-like peptides, GLP-1 receptor agonists. Now it works by mimicking the action um, of a GLP-1 which is a hormone that is naturally produced in the intestines in response to food intake. Now, this helps regulate your blood sugar levels and has an appetite suppressing effect. So some people who may find that they don't have much control around food when they're hungry, um, when they take a Zempic, it increases this GLP-1 in your body um, and it can lead to reduced appetite and decreased food intake. Now, obviously, if you're decreasing your food intake, the amount of energy that you're taking in, then you may end up being in a calorie deficit which is what we require in order to change our body composition now that doesn't necessarily mean that it is appropriate for everybody to take it definitely can be when advised by a medical professional if you are in a phase of your life where you know your blood markers aren't quite right or you are you know in a higher weight category than what you should be and you want to use it as a tool under medical supervision only uh, to get down to a weight that might be healthier for your height, age and maybe the phase of life that you're in. That is maybe a protocol that you would use but as a short term. You still have to learn about how to eat healthily for your body and your energy intake in order for this to be a long-term thing. Unfortunately, in today's day and age because we've got instant gratification what will happen in society is that you have people that don't necessarily need this um, particular drug for any kind of weight loss reason and they will be taking it even though they are within a healthy weight range for their age height um, and gender because they see it as an easier process than understanding or learning about their energy intake. So I'm not saying that it is a bad thing. I'm saying that it definitely can be useful in certain situations when it is appropriately prescribed, but also I think that it needs to be prescribed 
with um, a lot of guidance so that somebody understands what their energy intake should be and how they can hit both their macro and micronutrients because just suppressing your appetite but then still going and eating you know ultra processed food even though you might be in a calorie deficit isn't actually going to make you thrive it's not going to make a lot of the processes and functions happen uh, within the body and it also isn't a long-term solution if you have other behaviors that aren't being addressed okay so you know it's really really important to um, understand when and where certain things are appropriate but a lot of the times when we read things in the media about something like azempic oh it's just a quick like it's a quick fix it's a miracle drug it's absolutely great it also is creating shortages for those people that genuinely need it that have diabetes so it's, it's one of those things that there's pros and cons to everything and there is never going to be a one size fits all when it comes to, um, you know, fat loss and weight loss because everybody's got their own set of parameters that they're working with. But it's important to understand that there is never going to be a quick fix. And if you want a sustainable long-term change, you're going to have to start looking at behaviors, which isn't necessarily what everybody wants to do because the, it, it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable sometimes addressing the hows and whys behind why we do things. So it's important that when you want to quit a quick fix, you have to understand that weight loss is going to involve adopting new habits and behaviors related to diet and physical activity. Now, this might not necessarily be comfortable, but I promise you, much like, you know, going and getting your degree or saving and buying your first house, or even, you know, if it's having a baby, all of those things you don't necessarily want to rush because at the end of it, you actually value the process of it. Take getting pregnant, for example. Nobody wants to have their baby early. It's one thing you just don't want to rush. You want to make sure because there is a process that needs to take place in order for, you know, the 40 weeks of gestation to occur. So touch wood, everything going well, you, you know, go through that period at the end of it, um, you know, at the end of the, you know, 35 to 40 week mark, uh, you end up with a beautiful, healthy baby. But you really appreciate the process and the journey that your body undertook to get the outcome because you what you were given is this most life-changing beautiful event now same thing if you save up to buy your first house you understand that the exchange took place you understand the hours and the saving and the sacrifice that you took in order to get that and it wasn't easy most likely there were things that you definitely had to say no to and that's the same when it comes to sustainable uh, fat loss is that you're going to have to say no to certain things and everyone always says oh you know but it's so hard like I, I just need to have chocolate I've had a bad day I just need it you actually just want it you don't need it you won't die if you don't have the chocolate you might emotionally not feel great or you might not have soothed yourself in the same way that you did before but I'll often use this um, analogy with my clients is that if you have a small child and they come home from school and they're like, mom, I want a donut and you know that they're an hour away from dinner, most likely you're going to be like, oh, you can have a piece of fruit because we know that that's good for them. Like we know that. So we're happy to give them that advice. But if it's us and we've had a hard day and we've had a bad day at work, we'll happily sit down, you know, at some people. I don't I do not do this personally, but um, some people sit down and they want to soothe with food or wine or because I've had a bad day and we justify the choice. And then, you know, you do that often enough and you have overconsumed more energy than what you need. And then all of a sudden you end up in this point of frustration and you're like, I don't know how I got here. And it's because we don't necessarily want to look at the behaviors or the reasons why we're turning to these different foods or drinks um, because dealing with emotions is really difficult. So in order to create a fundamental change uh, and sustainable lifestyle changes, you can't have those temporary 
measures. It has to be done on a very persistent and consistent basis. Um, When you focus on the process of adopting healthy habits, not for weight loss and not for fat loss purposes, but for a healthier mind and body, you may find an approach that works for you long-term because it's not just about the instant, oh, I need this versus I want this. What you're actually doing is going, okay, what does what's my long-term goal look like? Am I taking the steps towards my long-term goal? Now, a lot of this has to do with um, like your, your mindset, okay? So a lot of people don't have the belief that they can do it, which is why they know that they can do something for five days. They know that they can do something for eight weeks, especially if they've exchanged a lot of money for something. So they've got the accountability there and the motivation is that I've exchanged a lot of money for this, so I'm committed. But when it comes to saying long-term change, you have to start looking at what's going on internally. What habits do you need to have? Now, behavioral psychology principles play a crucial role in your process, okay? Goal setting, self-monitoring, reinforcement, cognitive restructuring, they are all used to help individual make, individuals make healthier choices and stick with them over long periods of time. Now, when you're looking at goal setting, it shouldn't just be, oh, I want to lose weight for my wedding. It should be, I want to feel great at my wedding. I want to have more energy. All of these things come into play when you want to choose a protocol that's going to help you long-term. Now, unfortunately, as humans, we're very, very emotional. Very, very emotional. And we have a lot of emotional ties to food. So sometimes when we are adopting these new behaviors and habits and we might go back to the well-worn path we've got before, the comfort zone, and we start thinking, I've ruined it. I've ruined it. I will always like tell my clients, you're going to fall off the wagon at some point because nobody is perfect. We are human. It's okay to deviate from the path. You know, we want to get from A to B and there are multiple different ways to get there. Sometimes we take a longer road and that's okay depending on what it was. But a lot of the times we're so hard on ourselves and we have this need and want for everything to be perfect all the time that as soon as we fall off the wagon, we're like, oh, that's it that's it and you end up in this like downward spiral or this cycle of continuing to engage in behaviors that don't actually serve you instead of just like getting back up dusting yourself off and getting straight back on um on you know the new path that you're trying to create I will often tell clients you know using the analogy of like oh I've stuffed up you know I went overboard I'm just going to start again on Monday is exactly the same as spilling a cup of coffee or milk in your kitchen and then saying oh well kitchen bench is ruined so I'm just going to keep pouring crap over the top of it No one does that. You just clean it up and you get on with it and you don't even think about it again. That's it. It was just, it's just a spill. No, no problems. Clean it up, move on. And starting to build that resilience with your process and the procedure that you've decided that you're going to stick to long-term is really, really important. It, It shows you that you've got resilience. It shows you that you can do it and you feel really good about that. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. I just went straight back to normal. That's what it's all about. So it's about nurturing the emotional and psychological well-being um, when you start to make these little improvements you know and even when you fall off you get back up again no one gets angry at a child when they're learning to ride a bike or tie their shoe if they fall off the bike or they can't get the shoe right sometimes right no one says oh my gosh you're just absolutely terrible you're never wearing shoes with shoelaces again put on the velcro ones or put on your crocs no they don't we're usually pretty patient with them and we're like that's okay just try again same thing with riding a bike some days are just going to be better than others but the important thing is that you get back up and you master the skill and you keep going now with a quick fix there's no skill to master it's just like oh, I can't wait for that end point now imagine learning to ride a bike only for like two days of your life and then be like yeah I never want to ride a bike again I mean 
some people may not want to ride a bike again but when you're a kid you are so determined to get it you're so determined because you know the feeling is going to be so good that feeling of freedom having the wind in your hair you know that you've mastered skill it feels really good food freedom is exactly the same when you know that you have mastered it and you've found a way that works for you long term not where you are committing endless amounts of money to a meal plan to follow where you can't deviate when you go out for drinks with your friends where you're bound by a particular like regimen or protocol oh, i can't eat until 11 a.m oh, i can't eat after 4 p.m all of these things restrict us and it doesn't actually give us the tools that we need to do something long term okay and part of this because it's such an emotional process is that we do require some sort of support through it because there are more reasons than oh I just like I just can't stop myself from eating or you know it's never usually just that simple and that's where when people say things online about oh it's just you just gotta eat less and move more what does that even mean does it mean oh I need to eat a smaller quantity of food and I need to train more does that is that more cardio is that more strength what is that but because you can actually eat a really large volume of food for a small amount of energy and then but then wait I'm eating more because you're eating more food a lot of clients come on my program they're like I've never eaten so much. I didn't know I could eat this much. And I was like, yeah, we were eating different types of food with different energy contents. And that's one of the things that often blows their mind. I had this one beautiful client. um, She said, you know, I can't believe it took me over like 10 years to understand that I could eat this much food. And she loved always eating healthy food. She just never understood the quantities of certain things that she should have. So it would always be like unders on a lot of things and then I'll go really overs on something else. And everybody's got their own set of parameters that they work with. So that's why it's important to find out what's going to work for you. And that's the same thing where it comes to strength training is always going to be the bomb when it comes to wanting to change your body composition. I'm never quiet about that. But if somebody really doesn't enjoy the process of lifting weights, why would you encourage them to go and do it? Because it's only going to be motivated by one type of outcome. When they get that, that outcome, they might not fall in, they might be out of love with the process of lifting weights. I used to love CrossFit heaps. I used to love it. But when I loved CrossFit, I was also in a period of my life where I was only, I only had myself to, to worry about. You know, I was in my mid twenties. It gave me a hobby. It gave me a reason. It gave me like lots of like life skills. But then when my emotional mindset shifted and, you know, I started to get back in the dating game or whatever, I just didn't have as much time to dedicate to CrossFit right and I fell out of love with the process but I continued to eat like I was doing CrossFit but I was really only walking and maybe doing like a few like Les Mills classes here and there you can imagine what happened I also started drinking heavily because I started partying and whatnot um and so my body composition changed heaps and I had absolutely no idea why I couldn't correlate the two and I was like but I'm eating I'm eating paleo I'm doing all the things I wasn't training the same I didn't have the same energy output but I didn't know that because nobody said anything it's just eat less and move more so then I started eating less amounts of food but there was still high energy food I was like putting avocado in my smoothies with coconut oil because I needed all the good fats and my like morning smoothie was like half my daily food uh, half my daily energy intake and I had absolutely no idea because I didn't have the education I just thought oh I've just got to follow paleo right that's what I had to do no no so you've got to find a training protocol that's going to work for you long term in the phase of life that you're in if you have recently had a child you are not going to have the same amount of time that you had in your early 20s when you were okay like me just like crossfitting right because you don't have that much time anymore maybe to dedicate you've got other responsibilities so you've got to find something that's going to work for you in the phase of life that you are in and then I would always say match your energy accordingly right because if 
you're currently enjoying yoga and Pilates, you're going to require a different energy input to somebody who is enjoying uh, strength training or CrossFit because they both require different outputs based on the stress and load you're putting your body under. So, and one isn't necessarily better than the other. It's better for you to do some sort of strength and resistance training, but with a protocol that is going to work for you long-term and that you enjoy, because if you enjoy it, you're going to be consistent with it. Now, I'll always recommend to my clients to do strength training that is with weights. Um, However, if that's not the jam, I would never force that onto them because I don't want them to just do it while they're working with me. I want them to find a protocol that works for them. Um, Same thing goes, I have a lot of clients that really enjoy running. Running is not my preferred method for fat loss um but if they enjoy the mental side of running um and they're you know got a really progressive training protocol with it then i have no problems with them doing it um as long as it's not because they're they're motivated by uh fat loss because i know a lot of people will be like oh i've got to shift some weight so i'm gonna start running and i was like that is not the most effective way to do it not time wise uh and not um body composition wise so my friend I hope that I have laid down a little bit of the foundations behind why the next protocol that you choose should not be a quick fix, why quick fixes will not work for you long-term and why it's a really great idea to investigate what might be a long-term solution for you if your aim is fat loss or if you are just wanting to level up your health and fitness because don't go for something that's being advertised to you as lose 10 kilos in five weeks because it's not going to be something that is generally going to be very, very sustainable. Do your research. And that's the same with anything, whether it comes to like your mindset, your health, your nutrition. The more information you have, the more power you have over the choices that you're going to make. Now, each and every one of these podcasts is going to be designed about giving you as much information as you need to make a choice that is going to benefit you. If you have any questions on any of this stuff, please come and find me on my socials because I love helping people with this. And I only wish that there are more resources out there that are a little bit more clear and a little bit more transparent over how and why people achieve these certain results and what you might have to do to achieve them. So hopefully you enjoyed this one, my friends. It's been a little bit of a long episode, but I will be back again next week with another wonderful topic. And I very, very, very much hope that I can get some of the interviews that I've done to you ASAP because I have some beautiful, inspiring women coming your way who are sharing their stories and their journeys with you. And I know that they will inspire you to just make sure your body operates as well as it is designed to feel. All right, my friend, until next time.